Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. It is so great you could tune in today. I have a fantastic guest today, and we're going to do a rehash on something I did last year Because I'll tell you, if this was not relevant right now with all the WikiLeaks that have come out, there's so much on Thelema, the Kabbalah. I mean, I could just spend a week doing shows on this. But without further ado, John Trell, welcome back to the program to go over a topic that I think everyone needs to hear several times. I've read your stuff on the Kabbalah, sir. And let's just jump right into it because I'll tell you what, this thing is straight out of the pit of hell and its tentacles are in everything. And yet... I don't think people get what the Kabbalah is. In fact, I love the name you gave to this thing. You say it really is the mother of all harlots, and it is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Christians need to know exactly what we're dealing with here because it's so overused, really superfluously, and I don't think there's anybody that does it better. So I'm just going to give you the mic, and I want people to know that the Kabbalah Again, I can't emphasize this enough. And in fact, it was on a Doctor Strange. The Marvel Universe um, talks a lot about the Kabbalah. It's linked in, you know, we're talking high-level witchcraft, occultism, Freemasonry, the Rosicrucian. I did a whole show on the mysteries of comic books and superheroes. But I'll tell you what, the Kabbalah, there is not another topic that people need to be aware of. Because again, every Luciferian, every Freemason, every high-level occult witch, warlock, they're plugged into this thing, and Christians need to understand this. So, John, I'm just going to hand you the mic. Get into this thing for us, please. In order to uh, get a good understanding, everything I do teach is based upon biblical truth. Now, the Bible was written on the period of 4,100 years, about 4,500 years from the time of Adam to the book of Revelation. And uh, so God has uh, given a revelation he gave to Adam, began with, and then we got some more revelation and so on. And then we had a final revelation in Jesus Christ, as uh, Paul talks about. And the book of Revelation is the last book or the last revelation from God. Now, in the Old Testament, we have some teaching what will happen in the end times but it is not really clear how it will end. And it was not until Jesus gave John the revelation when he took up into heaven that we had the concept of an Antichrist and also of a world federation, Uh, not just a nation or a small kingdom or like we have Babylon or we had um, Persia and so on, but the entire world. And so I would like to just move here in Revelation chapter 13 to set the uh, tone of it. If you read in verse number one, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, horns, and upon his horn ten crowns, upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet was the feet of a bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So this particular man that's coming up here now, Satan is going to give him his seat. He's going to give him power. And eventually Satan will possess this man 
that the Bible calls the Antichrist, the son of perdition, or the man of sin. And I saw one of his heads as he were wounded to death, his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, in other words, they worshipped Satan, which gave power unto the beast. They worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? It was given him unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. It was given to him to make war with the saints, to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life, and the lamb slain for the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. So we do know now that Jesus told us it's going to become a world dictator. It's going to be a world federation. But here it doesn't say who is he, where is he coming from, and what is going on. Let me take you back to 1975. And uh, I've been in the ministry since uh, I surrendered in 1967. In 1975, I was uh, traveling as an evangelist, and uh, I was doing a lot of teaching on the end times. During the war of Vietnam, I couldn't make heads out of this, that the United States was a member in NATO, and the United States was fighting in Vietnam. England and France were members of NATO, England and France were sending war material and all kind of stuff to North Vietnam, which was used to kill American soldiers in South Vietnam. And I was trying to make heads and tails out of this. Now, how is it that we have a war going on in Vietnam, we are fighting it, and then our allies are helping the enemy, and no one in America is squawking and saying, hey, England and France, you can't do that. Why? Well, God was going to give me an answer, and I traveled up to Idaho in 1975 for a conference. We stayed at the home, and um, in the evenings, they were talking to me, this, this couple, and they asked me this, have you ever heard about the Illuminati? I said, what's the Illuminati? Do you eat it with a spoon or a fork? What is it? Because I also learned this. If you do not know that something exists, you're not going to look for it. So why should I look after the Illuminati when I first of all didn't know the word and didn't know it existed? So they had three records. These were the old vinyl, 78. And um, there was an um, American actor and also producer by the name of Myron Fagan that had recorded uh, these. So I listened to it. And suddenly I said, Wow. He's beginning to show me things behind the scenes I begin to understand. So they made copies on cassettes for me, took them home, and now I knew what to look for. And that began my quest into the world government and who is behind the scenes. Fast forward. If we now pick it up here in um, Revelation chapter 13, and we read here, and he had power to give life with the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. This was written approximately 1900 years ago. Electricity 
was not discovered. There were electricity on Earth, but they had discovered it. They didn't even have the print press. And here, the apostle is talking about an image, a live picture that could speak. And those that didn't worship the image, they'll be killed. Well, we got television today. We also got jumbotrons. If you go to different conventions, sports events, whatever it is, you got these giant screens up there. And so 2,000 years ago, God simply said, this is going to happen. And then we read, and he causes all small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand with the foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had a mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score and six. Everybody heard the number 666, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, and so on. And what most people don't realize is that 666 is a Kabbalistic number. Now, I did not know what the Kabbalah was at the beginning, but later on, I found out that the Kabbalah is the religion of the Antichrist. So we now have identified his religion. But who is the number of a man? Let me read it again to you. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for he's a number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. So we got a man, and we got a number. Now, the man that has the number is 666 lived a long time ago. And now let's turn to 1 Kings, that is 1 Kings, and we're going to go to chapter 11, and we're going to find out the next place where we have 666. There's only two places that number exists in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 10 and Revelation chapter 13, who is 666? His name was King Solomon. In verse number 14 of this chapter, we read this. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 600, three score and six talents of gold. Every year, Solomon was worshipped and they gave him gold. They could have given him five tons, 200 pounds, whatever. But they had to be a precise worship of him. So he was given 600, three score and six tons of gold, 666, because that is his number, the Kabbalistic number 666. In the same chapter now, if you go to verse number 18, moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid with the best gold. The throne had six steps. At the top of the throne was round behind, and there were stays on either side of the place of the seat. And two lions stood beside the stays. And twelve lions stood there on the one side, on the other, upon the six steps. There was not the like made in any kingdom. I have read that, and it didn't make a whole bunch of sense until I run across Sabbatai Sevai. 
And Sabbatai Seva, and I'm just shooting a couple of things in here now. He was a Jewish rabbi living in the 17th century. Sabbatai simply decided that he was the Messiah. He had a throne. They had painted a throne. And the throne was the throne of Solomon. And so you had, in front of the throne of Solomon, you had two stays on each side, six lions, and in the middle, six steps. And when you stand before that throne and look upon it, you see six, six, six. And it is amazing that I had missed that, but if, you, if you're not educated and you don't know what you're looking for, you are not going to find that. So once I found that out, I want to find out more. What does the Kabbalah teach? Well, let's go back up now to 1981. I went across, I was doing some evangelistic work in Finland in 1981, and I went across a Pentecostal pastor there from Sweden, by the name of Shell Herbey, and I had written a book about the end times, and I gave that to him. Uh, he was finishing up a conference, and I was going to be the next conference speaker. So I came in a day early, gave him the book. He took the book, and I said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I met him the next day. He'd been up all night. He was shaken. He said, if what you have written in this book is true, he said, my vision, understanding, my worldview is shattered. Wow. He said, give me six months, and I will prove either you're right or wrong. So he traveled quite a bit to Jerusalem. And at the Hebrew University, there is a faculty, a department of the Kabbalah. And at that time, the professor and the head of that department was Gershom Sholem. So about six months later, I got a letter back from him. I was back in the States then. Shells told me that he said, it is worse than what you told me. Wow. He had purchased four books that Gershom Sholem had written. And Gershom Sholem was a specialist on the Kabbalistic messianic movement in Israel. So I ordered in the books. Of course, couldn't buy them in the bookstores. I ordered them in from Jewish sources in New York. And when I read them, I mean, I said, now I understand the Bible. I understand what's happened politically. And let me just give you a very brief understanding what I what I found out. When God selected Moses, actually selected Abraham, to bring forth the Messiah. And by the way, the word Messiah is Hebrew means the anointed one. In Greek, it is Christ. Satan also selected Abraham's offspring. And remember the parallel that Jesus spoke about. He said it was a field. In the field, an enemy had come and sown weeds. And the terrors and the wheat were growing together. And the disciples said, asked, you know, should we pluck up the weeds or the terrors? And he said, no, let them grow together. And in the end times, we will take out the terrors and burn them and then harvest the wheat. That was a parable about Israel. Israel is good and Israel is bad. So Satan simply said, okay. God is going to have a Messiah. I'm going to have a Messiah. But Satan has to copy God. It has to be through 
the nation of Israel, they're going to try to copy every prophecy that was being given in the Bible about the Messiah. So Satan has been using the people from Israel to bring in the Messiah. Israel gave us Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God. They're also going to give us the Antichrist, the son of perdition, Satan's man. And if you look upon Jewish people today, most of them, unless they are Messianic Jews, have rejected Christ. They have nothing to do with him. And they are waiting for a Messiah. All right, let's see if we can go back now. I'm going to give you the meat of the Messianic teaching in the Kabbalah. When Moses went up on a mountain to meet with God, there were 70 elders at the bottom, at the foot of the mountain. According to the Kabbalah now, Moses met the bad God. The 70 others met the good God. And the good God to them, his name is Lucifer. Now, these 70 people, actually there were people that were connected here. So the Kabbalah actually was birthed at this particular time of Moses. It was nourished. We have, for example, if you read uh, the story, we have Korah and the people that they rebelled against God and Moses, and God killed them all. When King Solomon came on a scene, he became a friend of the king of Tyre. And in the Bible, we do know that behind the king of Tyre at that particular time was actually Satan. Satan had deceived in Tyre at that time. And the king of Tyre became a buddy of King Solomon. And King Solomon took the teaching of the Kabbalah, developed it, and simply said, we're going to select men in every century from generation to generation. And we're going to initiate them into this Kabbalistic teaching. And someday we will be able to take control of the world. You got to understand that there's a Hollywood version of the Kabbalah. That's a fluff stuff. Another part, which is magic or witchcraft or Satanism. But the inner core of the Kabbalah is only for initiates. And you find that in Kabbalistic synagogues here in the United States and other places. And there are Kabbalistic rabbis. What did Solomon write down and what did he teach? Here's what he taught. When God did a creation, he got confused. And a portion of him fell into the bottomless abyss and got stuck and took the form of a holy serpent. Now, it is a duty or the Kabbalist to get the Holy Serpent back on the earth. Because the Holy Serpent is also the Messiah. Now this might sound crazy to you, but this is what they teach. So they had a meeting back at the time of King Solomon. And they were discussing, how do we get the Holy Serpent out of the bottomless pit? And by the way, the bottomless pit, according to the Bible, this is where you have demons, fallen angels, eventually Satan is going to be there. And they said this, there's two ways. We can either make everyone good on the earth, or we make everybody bad. And they said, well, it is probably easier to make all people bad. So they choose what they called the low road. 
The teaching of the Kabbalah is this. The more you sin, the more you break the commandments in the Old Testament, the more you serve God. So every immorality, from homosexuality to rape to incest, murder, name it. They simply say, the more you do, the better you serve God. So they continued up to this. And if you know Jewish history, there were several rebellions. We had a rebellion about 200 years or so before Christ. And we had two rebellions after Christ, where the Romans came in the last time. And they simply wiped out the Jews and spread them all over. But the story began with the Kabbalah to restore it. It began in the 17th century when we had Rothschild, Jacob Frank, and Adam Weishaupt. And the three of them were going to be the ones that were going to propel us into a world government federation. So to answer the question, he simply does. The Kabbalah is a hidden teaching in Judaism. Most Jews do not know they know the name Kabbalah, but they do not know what it's all about. And I'm telling people this. People outside the United States, they think that all Americans are the same. We think the same, we do the same, and so on. We're different. We have a Democratic Party, we got a Republican Party, we got the Freedom Party, we got all kind of different parties here, and we are different. Now, how many Americans know what's going on in the government, or let's say, for example, in the head leadership of the different parties. Nothing. We don't know nothing. The Republicans have maybe a small cabal or maybe two to 3,000 people that are the core of the party. The same with the Democrats. They are the ones that select, you know, who's going to run. They are the ones that set things up and so on. And the rest of the people, they either vote for the Republicans or they vote for the Democrats. But we have no clue what's going on. So we cannot say that all Jewish people are bad. That's a bad statement. Most of them are hardworking people. They try to make a living. They are misled in Judaism, looking for Messiah. And they are scared for persecution, being persecution, but they, they don't know what's going on. So we can't say the Jews are bad. We had to talk about the Jewish leadership, the Jewish Kabbalistic leadership. They are the ones that knows what is going on. We have not come to the place that they are now so powerful. And I just ask you a question. I'm not anti-Semitic. Can you criticize Israel and not be called anti-Semite? Who controls Hollywood, the different movie houses, the television studios, and so on, the newspapers, the banks? If you look upon the people that are in charge of just about everything that is of value, they are Jewish. Number one, they have a religion. They are not, they are not citizens of the countries they live in. They are simply Jews. Some of them say we are loyal to America, to England, and so on. They have a common language, and they have been working doing business together, religion together, and politics together. There is no other group on this earth as cohesive 
as the Jewish people. It's about 13 million of them. They have stuck together. We're Gentiles. We simply divide up and we got different nations and we don't cling together. That's why they stick together, they work together, they promote one another, and they have a goal to bring in the Messiah. If you look upon movies made in the beginning, 1900, they were decent. These were the movies that were no sound on them, but they were silent movies. The movies were pretty decent, but as time progressed from 1920, 1930, 1940, 50, and so on, more and more immorality, more sexual misconduct, more swearing, more violence, getting to the place right now where everything goes. I mean, you want to see in the course of a movie? Sure, they got it. They got them on TV. They got them every place. And you ask yourself this now, why? Why are the producers and the script writers writing this but they do know that it destroys the fabric of the nation? And the reason is they are Kabbalists. They are serving God. And the more they sin, and the more they can make us sin, the faster their Messiah, the Holy Serpent, is coming on the scene. That's the core of the Kabbalah. Now, in my first book, the Kabbalah book number one, I have laid out what I share with you here today. We had from uh, Solomon and all the way up. And I'm just going to mention one more thing, and that's about Sabbatai Sevai. So Sabbatai Sevai in 1666, proclaimed himself to be the Messiah. And he then tried to go into the Ottoman Empire. This was Constantinople in those days, the trend related to Istanbul. And he was forced to make a choice, either convert to Islam or be killed. He said, I convert to Islam. So he did. All Jews living at the time, we talk about 1666, had accepted Sabbatai as the Messiah. The Jews living in England, France, Germany, Poland, and other places. And they were horrified. But Sabbatai had a false prophet. Now, his name was uh, Nathan of Gaza. When Sabbatai converted to Islam, he simply committed the act, the worst possible act, to go to a different religion. And through that act, he has paid for the sins of all Jewish people. It is your duty to start joining the different religions where you live. Protestants, Catholics, whatever you live in, Muslim. And now we had what they called the crypto Jews. If you look upon Turkey today, and you're reading about the coup in Turkey, you know, and, and blah, 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 and so on. Let me tell you what happened in Turkey. In about 1910, we had crypto Jews that were in the Ottoman Empire. And the crypto Jews, or the Kabbalistic Jews, had an uprising. It is known as a Young Turk Movement. And they simply overthrew the regime of the Ottoman Empire in Turkey. When they took over, there was a man by the name of Ataturk. And he had been raised in Salonika, where the Jews had the, the, really the base there. And he once said this, we're going to make Turkey into a secular nation. Now, the crypto-Jews are told that 
on your deathbed, you renounce the religion you had accepted, and you simply confirm your faith in Judaism in order to be saved. So these crypto-Jews now spread out in Turkey, and they took over the judicial system, they took over the military, they took over every institution in Turkey. You had crypto-Jews that were simply running it, and the people in Turkey knew this. And if you go back a few years, you'll find that Israel and Turkey had a military alliance. They had military exchanges. They did all kinds of different things. Now, Erdogan, that is the current president of Turkey, he hates the Jews. He knew this. And he simply, when he took power, he began to clean out. So we had a coup some time back that was put down. And now we have a coup again. And let me tell you this, the judges he's cleaning out, the military officers he's cleaning out, are crypto-Jews, loyal to Israel and the Antichrist. You will not read that in your regular newspapers, but that's a story behind, and in the Kabbalah books, you can read about it. I have it there. So back to you, Sheila. What else do you want to ask? I think this is a really important tie-in is devilish understudy Jacob Frank. Now, Jacob Frank had a litany of disciples, a real roster of the who's who of hell, didn't he? Yes, he did. The interesting thing is that Jacob Frank, he came on the scene approximately 100 years after we had Sabbatai Sevi. He simply came out and said that he was a reincarnation of Sabbatai. He simply said, Sabbatai has risen and I am Sabbatai, I just got a different name. Yeah. Of course, a, a lot of Jews at that time believed him. Now, the world government, what they did was, and, and we don't know really who they are because no one had been able to penetrate that further up in their ranks, but they selected out three men that were contemporaries. We had Adam Weishaupt that formed the Illuminati. We had Jacob Frank that was going to be in charge of the religions and then we had Rothschild that was going to be in charge of the banking network on the earth. These three were contemporaries. They lived around Frankfurt in Western Germany. And so these men were cooperating. And uh, Jacob Frank, what he did was he literally fulfilled the teaching of the Kabbalah, which is burn slash kill mayhem waste and so i can say this that radical muslims and really they're not radical muslims they are real muslims because the quran is a very violent book and so when a muslim became radicalized it simply means he believes everything in the quran he started doing it and this is what jacob frank did and this is what the people coming after him have done atrocities that is absolutely incredible. So in this series of books of the Kabbalah, I start out with the beginning with Solomon. We talk about Sabbatai Sevi, and then we go up to Jake. I have one book on Jacob Frank that I devote the whole book to him. And from there, we go to the Rothschild family that we give a background on. And the next book up is the stealth takeover of the United States. And that is how the uh, Illuminati infiltrated the Freemason lodges that at that time were benign. 
we have several Kabbalah books that I've written. And um, let me just say how, why I wrote them and how it was written. I have all this knowledge, and I realize that we have the Antichrist coming around us, the, the corner. And I didn't want to write a big, thick book. The Lord said, write small books. People read small books and give it in increments. And that's why I did that. So the Kabbalah book number one deals with Sabbatai Sevi that we talked about now. And you start with Solomon, it goes up to Sabbatai Sevi. Book number two, I deal with Jacob Frank. And then in book number three, I deal with a Rothschild family. And book number four, the stealth takeover of the United States. And this is when uh, we had the Illuminati come over here and take over the American Free Masonic Lodges that up to that time had been benign. Book number six about the Illuminati writers and the revolution. And you will be surprised as you read that particular book because I'm taking you to about 1800 uh, and up to 1850, and there was a number of writers that most of you never heard of, but they wrote stuff. They were Illuminati writers, and they, they have fomented revolutions. They are still using their books today. Uh, so that's the Illuminati writers and the revolutions that took place between 1848 and 1875 that most people have never really heard about, but they had revolutions in about eight different nations in Europe coordinated at the same time trying to start the world government, and they failed. And, of course, I have the rise of the Illuminati, and show you how that is. And then book number seven, uh, probably the book I like the most, this is God's Antidote. And they were trying to take over England in the uh, late 1800s, and then God simply sent three men to England that changed the history and uh, that's what I have, God's Antidote to the Illuminati. Uh, that's book number seven. So these are small books available, and you can find them on our website. Well, and let me tell you something, John. I've studied a lot about the Kabbalah, but I have these little seven booklets. I have them linked there on the site today. And let me tell you, I have never seen anybody tie this all in. This is so crucial for believers to understand. This is the system that gives rise to the Antichrist, the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah, as John so astutely pointed out, is Satan's gospel. The Old Testament prophets were diametrically opposed to this system. They talked about this. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel all thundered against the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah gave rise to Zionism. What's stunning is Albert Pike in Morals and Dogma he attributes King Solomon to the foundation of Freemasonry. Pike attributes Freemasonry to the Kabbalah, which leads into the Talmud. King Hiram, you talked about the king of Tyre. He was possessed by Satan. So this stuff all ties together. You know, you talked about the serpent, that bronze serpent. King Hezekiah destroyed a lot of this stuff. I just haven't seen anybody tie this all together so well. Just incredible job. And Christians... I cannot recommend. You need to get these seven booklets. They're just a must-have. I mean, this is just absolutely jaw-dropping information, and it is a must-have for every believer as we rocket sled mock speed into the coming of the Antichrist. Now, one of the things you really bring out in this book, John, that I found so fascinating was that Mayor Amschel, who be later became 
Rothschild, but as you mentioned, head of the Illuminati, Adam Weishaupt. You've got Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, a real who's who of the devils. You've got Vladimir Lenin. These guys all, whether it's Stalin, Mussolini, Hitler, Mao Zedong, they're just a real who's who of the pit of hell have really taken this Kabbalah slash antichrist system right up till we are today, didn't they, John? Yes. And what my purpose with this is simple this. In order to understand a political movement, you got to understand their theology. There is no political movement can exist except they have a theological thing that moves them. They got to have a belief system. If it's a Republican or Democratic Party, or if it's a Communist Party or a Socialist Party, it is a religious thing because religion drives everything on this earth. Now, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship between each one of us and Jesus Christ. The New Testament does not give rise to any dictatorship. Matter of fact, you can't be a dictator and adhere to the New Testament. So it is important that people understand. They think about the Antichrist, you know, and they don't know how it is. The system has been worked for more than 4,000 years, and it's very elaborate, and it is like an octopus. It is all over, and we need to understand, to fight the Antichrist system, we got to understand its religion. One of the things in the Antichrist system is homosexuality. We do know this. The Bible says that the Antichrist will be a homosexual, and I have lived long enough that I remember in the 1950s, if you were a homosexual, you were ashamed. They didn't talk about it. They, they were hiding. Matter of fact, it was a criminal offense in many countries in the 1950s. Well, today, homosexuality is one of the most militant groups of people. You had the transgenders, you got the lesbians, you got all the different groups, and they are vocal, they are powerful. And God have mercy on anyone opposing them. And you see what they've done to bakers and flower shops and so on that refuse to cater to their, their weddings, homosexual weddings. Homosexuality is the spirit of the Antichrist. we got to understand that. That is the worst rebellion man can do to turn for the way that God created us to be homosexuals, to be having sex with the same sex. So there's so much, much stuff in here. I just threw a bunch of stuff out there today in generality. But as we look upon it and dissect it step by step, we can see that there is a purpose. Now, you look upon the Supreme Court judges in this country, and I just want to mention this very quickly. Who took the Bible out of public schools? Was that done by voting, by politicians? No, it was done by the Supreme Court, legislation by the court. Who took prayer out of public schools? Was that voting in Congress? No, the Supreme Court. Was abortion voted on by our elected representatives? Of course not. It was legislated by the Supreme Court. They simply said, this is the way it is. Homosexual marriages, same thing, courts. You will find that the Supreme Court 
has been infiltrated by the world government. The people there are simply doing what they are told to do. Here's another tidbit. I don't know, Sheila, if you ever heard it or not. All the Supreme Court decisions prior to 1935 have been declared void and null right. and have no value today. If you look at the Supreme Court decisions from 1935 and back, they would simply destroy a lot of stuff that we done now. So what did they have to do? They got judges who said, okay, we're living in a new century right now. We're going to void and null every decision made in the Supreme Court for the time of the, the birth of this nation to 1935 out the window. Did you hear any pastors cry about that? Did you hear Christians talk about it? We have been asleep, and they have taken one thing after the other away from us, and the Christian church simply said, oh, well, oh, it's going to be bad, so, so what? The Christian church, the leadership is to blame for the current situation we are in today. On the heels of that, John, what's so frightening is the state of Israel, how this ties in, because you've got guys out there like John Hagee and these other hucksters that are really promulgating this whole idea that we should stand with Israel. I mean, it is to the point of pure idolatry. And yet if people really understood how the Talmud and the Kabbalah and this whole backdrop of these devilish, I mean, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were formed along with the creation of the Talmud and the Kabbalah. And so it's so sad that Christians don't understand how interconnected the coming Antichrist will be with the political state of Israel, do they? Have you ever heard about a cuckoo bird? Yes. A cuckoo bird is a very strange bird. Mama cuckoo bird does not want to raise her chickens. So once she gets pregnant and she's ready to drop her eggs, she flies around and put her eggs into other birds' nests. These other birds don't, don't know the difference. They sit on her eggs and hatch them. So they think, you know, well, these are my eggs. And then one day when they hatch, she, she find out, you know, this is, this is not me. This is the cuckoo bird. And so the cuckoo birds simply have orders to hatch and to raise their offspring. And then when the cuckoo bird gets of age, he flies out. He finds other cuckoo birds and he mixes with them, you know, mates with them. And they start the cycle over and over again. Now, the reason I tell my cuckoo bird is this. Satan is very, very clever. He's stupid and clever. He knew this. If he would try to bring in the Antichrist system from the Soviet Union, from China, or from any other place, it would fail. He has to bring it in from Israel because to fulfill prophecies. Now, what better diabolic thought would be this? He would simply foment the current state of Israel, create that, which is a work of Satan. And then convince the Christians that this is a work of God. And so that the Christian church would protect Satan's cuckoo bird that he laid in the cradle of the Christian church. So the Christian church is protecting and aiding the Antichrist system. And one day when a man would take stage in Jerusalem and say, I am God. The Christians will understand we were fooled. But what a diabolic plan to have Christians make sure that the Antichrist system comes 
of age and come into being. That is a travesty that you really can't. So just to say this, 1948, when Israel was founded, it was not God who founded it. It was Satan. And when I say that, people are cringing. They're falling over and saying, man, you're anti-Semitic. No, I'm not. I'm simply following biblical teaching. Read your Bible, and you can only come to one conclusion, the truth. When you factor in two key players that ties into Zionism, ties into these Kabbalists, good old John Nelson Darby, the father of modern dispensationalism, really, and the good old origin of the rapture false doctrine, we're all getting, you know, the Christian church, we're all getting raptured out of here because of not just John Darby, but... Cyrus Schofield, who was paid by Jewish Zionists to put together a false Bible. That is so amazing, isn't it? And Darby uh, actually was the one that uh, uh, taught Schofield. And Schofield, you know, was also financed by the Jewish uh, leadership on the East Coast. Yes. The, the teaching of the rapture, that particular doctrine, came from a Jewish Jesuit priest. Yes. And if you want to find out, you can go to our website. I, I have that uh, on our website. You can get it on our website, certain things, quite a bit of free stuff. Uh, this guy wrote, he's the one who wrote the rapture, and he was a Kabbalistic Jesuit priest. The guy's name is Lakunsa, and he's the one that fathered rapture. Yeah, that whole, I'm going to have to have you back on the program to lay that out, because that is jaw-dropping how these guys permeated this absolute cornucopia from hell to almost every Christian on the planet today buys into this kumbaya pre-trib we're getting out of here raptured false doctrine it is just stunning John it is such an incredible pleasure for me to have you on I've never seen anybody lay out the kind of information you do in such an easy simple way especially as you've done here in these seven booklets. This is, I, I've studied a lot. And I've never seen anything like this. John, give out your website and let me tell you people that John's website is a, well, I used the word cornucopia earlier. That is what it is. It is a cornucopia of information. So many incredible articles. You just have to go to John's website. John, do give out your website, how people can check out your handiwork and also get in touch with you. Our website is eaec.org. That is European American Evangelistic Crusades. And um, on our website, you will find um, we have our Kabbalah books. And I got much more. We have what I talked about, the rapture. We have topical studies and so on. I give a complete background to this guy, like Kunsa, that was a Jewish Jesuit priest. And by the way, there's been two Jewish popes over the years. And so the Catholic Church has also been infiltrated. I would say the Kabbalah books is where to start. That will give it the religion of the Antichrist, how it came up. I also have articles there that Sheila was mentioning I have done um, radical Muslim terror of what the future holds. That's a prophecy about the future. And I saw a revelation of assassination attempt of Trump. There has been one. They, they took that one guy down. But I think that this week might be a crucial week. Uh, I have questions about Islam and uh, Islamic Jihad, uh, where I lay out the entire Middle East. I go back to what I talked about, Turkey, the Ottoman Empire, and why we are fighting there, who's fighting, and who they are, and who's paying for what. 
But we have a fantastic thing called questions about Islam and uh, the quotes of the Quran, well done. You have that on our website right there. Yes, I recommend people do go and check out all those articles on your website as well as your newsletter. John, thank you for your time today, and I hope you come back and see us soon, John. Okay, God bless you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, John. Folks, that was John S. Terrell. His information is there on the bio today, Friday. What a wealth of information. Do go get those Kabbalah books, folks. You got to get that. We're going to talk more about Israel. John's coming back on the program next week and the week after. We're going to get into a teaching covenant one and two. It's <laughs> You're going to be floored on that one. So listen, go subscribe to my YouTube channel because you have a chance to win one of 25 books personally signed from Miss Sheila herself. So make sure you just sign up for it anyway because I'm going to be having an amazing video coming out within a few hours. That one I did on the secret history of comic books and superheroes. You need to share this video, folks. Very important connections I tie in. I could have probably done a five-day series on that alone, but I just wanted to give somebody a general overview. I don't want to inundate somebody to the point where I lose. You know, people have the attention span of a squirrel nowadays, so I wanted to just give a really good overview of it, and I think we did that, and you're going to be blown away by the pictures and some of the stuff we did in the YouTube video, so I'm very excited about that. And I'm excited because next week, Carl Gallops is on Wednesday, and he's going to lay out his new book, and boy, you are in for a treat, folks. And then I have the General Ivor Hopkins coming back. Ooh, that is going to be a powerful teaching. It's just going to be a fantastic week next week. Folks, have a fantastic weekend. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Good night, and God bless.